Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. We have, yeah, we have to rush because we're racing against time here. Our guest is, is, uh, is allergic to cats. Uh, I was derelict in my duty by not finding that out beforehand. Uh, so we have to essentially get this thing done before he starts, uh, I don't know, before he puffs up too much. He has, you mean his ego? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yes. Who do we have, David? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know him from, oh, I don't know, Walk Hard. Um, he was in a scene in No Strings Attached recently, <laughs> um, a bunch of other movies, and of course, the famed and historic and seminal Upright Citizens Brigade, Matt Besser. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I have allergies. You will hear that. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a ticking clock, as they yeah. say in the movie business. You, you have declined medication. You have declined for... I will throw my cat into the other room with... I'm going to say malice. I will throw... <laughs> I don't care. Um, You're more important than I he I just know it won't make a difference. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the UCB, I want to talk about... I want to tell a quick story from when I first moved here. Okay. All right. Um, I, was, I was driving down Franklin Avenue in heavy traffic, headed west. And I was... Uh, in a c- deep conversation with my girlfriend and didn't realize that I was blocking the intersection for someone who wanted to make, make a left onto Tamarind, possibly. It was a very hot day. The windows rolled down. And suddenly I hear this voice saying, excuse me, can, can you move your car up? And I look over and Matt Besser is trying to make a left turn. And uh, I moved up. But to this day, I wish that I had, instead of moving up, just stopped and said, hey, you're Matt Besser. <laughs> I was... Uh I was out with. Um, I bet I didn't say. I bet I said, "Get the fuck out of the way." <laughs> I don't think there were any performers. <laughs> uh, I was actually at a uh, pizza place in uh, Studio City yesterday, and I heard what sounded like a screaming baby. And I was like, "What's going on? That's very distracting." Uh, this is not you, by the way. You're not. <laughs> like, you're not God, the I don't like these stories. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and I looked, and I'm like, I don't see a baby anywhere. And that's when I realized a person was making the noise. And I thought, like, ugh, that's. But they were making it on purpose, which is even more bothersome. And then I realized, oh, that's Deborah Wilson from Mad TV. And, uh, and uh, uh, oh, okay, yeah, I guess friend of the show, the person who designed our first poster, Megan Witzke, was there with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, oh, who is making that? Oh, hey, that's Deborah Wilson from, uh, <laughs> and she said, like, oh, celebrities sure do, like, I'm, I, I'm no longer annoyed because it's someone that I, I recognize. I was once at uh, Mr. Chow's in New York, which is kind of an old high-class kind of New York restaurant. I don't know if you've heard it before. I'm in there with my dad, and we're eating a really nice meal. All of a sudden, I hear someone singing at their table. I'm like, who the hell is singing at their table? And it was Brandy. (laughs) Moesha was singing to the uh, the two other people at her table. I was like, oh, well, I guess it's Moesha. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, people pay for this. And now I – I mean, I guess I'm paying for the meal. But uh. Brandy's like, uh, like Robin Williams. She's always on. But. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's, uh, for those who don't know, because we, we we have a lot of big comedy fans who listen to the show, but also a lot of just big movie geeks who maybe haven't followed mm-hmm. alternative comedy. So let's get to know who Matt Besser is and what the Upright Citizens Brigade is, firstly. And what he believes. Sure. You know? I'll tell you what I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, talk about uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade, which um, I, I came into, I guess, national prominence with the series on Comedy Central, but started as a troupe in Chicago. Yeah, we started in 1991 in Chicago. 
Um, there's been a lot of guys, Adam McKay, Horatio Sands, Neil Flynn, Rich Fulcher, a lot of comedy nerds who know those names. But um, mm-hmm. that we all started back then, and Amy Poehler joined us later, and certain people left along the way and did SNL. But uh, uh, Ian Roberts, Matt Walsh, Amy Poehler, and myself became the foursome that made the sketch show and then the theater in New York and now L.A. Okay. All right. Yeah. I um, like the efficient uh, <laughs> the efficient backstory thing. Well, like we said, we're... Well, I, you know, I've told it a lot of times. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're um, able to pare it I'll down elaborate. to the essentials. <laughs> it's all right. But the, uh, you know, uh, in addition to the show, which is available on DVD, the, the theaters both the one in New York and the one here, and then there's another opening in New York. Is that yeah, we're opening one in uh, Alphabet City. Awesome. Um, have, have become sort of, uh, I guess, like a, like a, a nexus of of comedy communities, mm-hmm. and have sort of you know spawned you know those classes that you teach and that other people teach uh, that are spawning. I think I would venture to say a new generation, perhaps of uh, of. Uh, of comedians and comedic actors and Im- Im- improvisers, uh, so I guess talk about that process, how it's set up with the with the classes and and how. Um, that works. Well, we learned a style of improv back in Chicago. Our mentor was this guy Del Close, mm-hmm. and in short, there's this philosophy of finding the game in improv, and not all improvisers follow that philosophy, but that's what Del taught. And the simplest way to put it, finding the game is boiling the essence of a scene down to what's really funny about it. And once you realize and understand what that is, heightening and exploring that, Mm -hmm. right? Versus kind of going all over the place and being funny over here for this reason and going over here and being funny for a different reason. We really teach how to focus, to get what's funny, to understand with whoever you're on stage or or in front of the camera with. And uh, find the fun- funny, focus it, elaborate on it, and that. And as easy as that is to say, it's kind of hard to get, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why it takes a, a you know a lot of training to do that on stage. Probably a little less training to do it in front of the camera. It's a little different process, but uh, that's what we learn, and that's what we've taught, and it, it works it works for people. And I actually I want to use this as a as a sort of transition um you know uh we all live in los angeles uh i'm friends with a lot of actors uh i know david you steer clear of them um <laughs> because they're a moody lot but uh that's that's i'm making a joke uh david loves actors but um i made a second joke he has no feelings at all <laughs> but uh so but i know a lot and they i know a lot of actors and they take a lot of various uh improv classes and such and it's interesting to hear some of the, I would venture to say, complaints about improv um, because there's a, I mean, it's, just, uh, it's the same could be said with any kind of comedy, but like there's a lot of bad improv out there. Mm-hmm. And some of the just, I don't know, just the tendencies in like bad improv to just like immediately jump to something that is shocking or taboo or just swearing for no reason or jumping, you know, jumping. It's like, hey, if we end this scene with rape, it'll be funny, right? Because rape's not like a thing you're supposed to make jokes about. Right. Um, And is that, I mean, and some of the better, I don't know, some of the better uh, improv shows that I've seen tend to really just steer clear of that. Like, is there any... 
I don't know. Can you speak to that? Like, have you noticed that trend in improv of just doing? Well, what's I'm shocking? teaching a class right now called "Ending Ending Your Scene in Rape," so I don't know if I, <laughs> I, don't know if I agree with you. Um, I, as far as shocking goes, I mean, my show that we do, Ask Cat, uh, we're definitely a shocking. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being shocking if it's pertinent to the mm-hmm. suggestion or whatever. If it if it comes organically from whatever your suggestion, wherever you started the improv, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I can see someone be offensive as long as they're focusing the game and whatever's offensive. I mean, look at most popular comedy movies. They're very offensive, and that's mm-hmm. what people like. And I don't mean just we do what people like. It's like if we're improvising, that's what comes up. That's what yeah. we like, too. You know, it's just you do what pops into your head that's funny. I don't think... At least the people at our theater, I don't think they're out there going, I'm going to say something offensive because that's all I got and that's what's going to get the laugh. Mm-hmm. If they're doing something offensive, they think that's funny, you know, for better or for worse. And I hope they're focusing it and trying to be work at the top of their intelligence. I don't think they're just doing it to be offensive. It just happens to be offensive, and that's the topic. There were a lot of, you know, Osama and uh, 9-11 jokes last night at the I'm theater, sure. and it was kind of appropriate, so, you know. <laughs> uh, well, think- that... Um- but th- you talk about this idea of finding the game, and it seems mm-hmm. like that's a good way of keeping the person, uh, whatever they're saying, whatever they're doing, related to the moment and the scene, what's mm-hmm. happening, as opposed to just having, as you know, some of the uh, lesser improv-, improv troops are accused of sometimes just having a bag of tricks that they yeah. always follow. Or they're going on. for the cheap laugh. I get what you're saying, but and I, and I think you could watch our show and go, well, "That's what they do every time," but. Maybe we earn it, and I don't mean like, I've done it so many years, I can be a dumbass. I mean that Mm -hmm. you earn it in the show. You earn getting to that point. So if you are raping someone, hopefully it didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't come out of left field. It Mm -hmm. came out of heightening of the idea. You know, I think that, yeah, I think that is actually, I, I don't think I did a good job of explaining that. Uh, I think that was the complaint is just how often inorganic it is. And like you said, the cheap laugh of just, if I, it's like the scene's not going well. If I jump to this, though it has nothing to do with the scene, people will laugh. If only because they're uncomfortable, I'll take any laugh I can get and that sort of thing. And so. Um, a bigger problem than being offensive is probably just being selfish, is being mm. kind of a stage hog and going, Oh, they just mentioned something that makes me know I can do my uh, Jewish grandmother character, you know, just because I know it's it always does well. And mm-hmm. they mention grandmother, so I can call up and be the grandma. And, and then it gets a laugh from the audience, but the improvisers are like, what's this have to do with what we were talking about? Now mm-hmm. I don't trust you because you weren't engaged mm-hmm. in the game we were on. You were just looking for your opportunity to get your laugh. Mm-hmm. So that, that bugs me more than being offensive or that kind of stuff, you know, or cursing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm much more bugged by the person who's not caring about what we're creating out there together. It's just like, I'm going to be funny and do the thing I know is funny and we'll get a laugh. Well, I want to mention, you mentioned ASCAT, and for the listeners, uh, ASCAT is a show you do twice weekly, right? Saturday and Sunday? Uh, yeah, we do it Saturday and Sunday, and it's on both coasts. We actually, um, we have a free podcast of that ASCAT podcast mm-hmm. on iTunes or UCB Comedy, if your listeners want to check that out. It, but, it's uh, a thing, it's the best, I've been multiple times, it's the best improv show I've ever seen, and it's the kind of thing that I tell people if they're visiting Los Angeles, that's that's a must stop. That's thank one of you, the things sir, they right? should see while they're in town. 
we're next to La Brea Tar Pits, the thing <laughs> yeah. to see in L.A. <laughs> I do like those La Brea Tar Pits. Yeah. Uh, but... And, and how did you, I guess uh, we started with UCB? But how did you get into comedy in general? You're from Arkansas, right? Not too far from where Tyler used to live on the other side, in the Missouri side. I lived there for three years. I lived in the <laughs> southern Missouri, southwest Missouri. Where is that? Uh, sp- the Springfield area. Well, that's where so. my family's from. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know where you know where Nixa is? I that's, don't, but okay. I know where Branson is. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, really, what's the point uh, if you? If you know where Branson is, you know where where it's all happening. It's the center of the <laughs> entertainment universe in the Southwest. Man, I got I got I got to tell you tangent. I know it's uh, I know it's not cool, but man, I love Branson. I'm from St. Louis, and we used to go like every couple of years on vacation as a kid, and I have nothing but warm silver dollar of city. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, absolutely. Fire in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you ever been to Dollywood in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? I have. I've also been to Dog Patch. I don't know dog pants. That's in Arkansas. You should know that. Ah. But uh, that's where uh, all the little Abner comic strips came from. Oh, right. But Dollywood has exact like all the same rides as Silver Dollar City. They just have different names. I wish oh, I yeah? remember what they're called. I went once, and I just felt like this place is a Silver Dollar City ripoff. It's it must have yeah, been like if you're ever going across people. the South, you got to stop in every every country style as a museum. You know, you got to <laughs> stop and check that out. But uh, sorry, talk about I guess comedy and growing up in nah. Arkansas. <laughs> well, Arkansas next Branch. to New York and LA has the biggest comedy scene in the world. Right, and you and Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> the two funniest hey, men on the hey, planet. He's a singer, you asshole. <laughs> I love that interview. Um, I, as a kid, I don't know. I didn't really expect. I didn't even have it in my head at all that I was going to be a comedian. I was a big fan of comedy, Bill Cosby and. Steve Martin and Woody Allen, maybe in particular. And then I went to college and I got into uh, Lenny Bruce and Bob Cat and Sam Kennison. And that's when the big comedy boom was also happening, stand up wise. Mm-hmm. And there was a stand up contest around and I entered one. I did really well in it. And this is kind of a, a funny story. Um, I got a really good review the first time I ever did stand-up. It was in front of a really big audience, like 2,000 people at UMass. I went to Amherst College. And, of course, I cut out that review and saved it. And however many years ago that was, 15, 20 years ago, I looked at that review again, and the MC that night, the critic had kind of been hard on, and because the MC, Judd Apatow, <laughs> as the uh, reviewer had misspelled his name, had... Uh, done too much time on his own apparently and it made fun of my act and it interrupted me and I couldn't even remember any of that but uh and you know I've done a few of Judd's movies and I sent him the review I was like why'd you fuck up my act I was like dude I discovered you (laughs) so that's when I got the bite to do stand up and that's what I thought I was going to do moved to Denver or Boulder rather and started doing it in Denver and Boulder and then uh Chicago is really happening, mm-hmm. especially in the early 90s in stand-up. And I didn't even know what improv was, and I moved there, and I went and saw an improv show. I was like, all right, this is what i got to do. And that got me into Del Close. Okay. And I have also lived in Denver and Chicago. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> this is very crazy. Uh, well, do you know, before do we... you know the uh, – did you get to Boulder? 
Uh, no, I was mostly just Denver area. Boulder, that's where the hippies were. Yeah. We stayed away from that. <laughs> of course. Um, well, before we get into the into actually talking about movies, there's one thing I told you beforehand I was going to ask you about. You don't have to talk about it at length because it's covered on the Je- Jordan Jesse Go podcast. But uh, Kanye West and teaching him how to do improv. I mentored <laughs> him. <laughs> he would love to hear that. Uh, I was his uh, improv samurai for... <laughs> about a month before he prepared to do this Curb Your Enthusiasm type show for HBO. And I'd go over to his house once or twice a week and tutor him in improv. And was was he... Uh, how, how did, did he find the game? Um, yeah, he got that. He, he eventually <laughs> got it. I think he always wanted to determine the game, and I think he'd probably admit that. I don't know if he wanted other people to find the game. And he'd keep falling back on his Jewish grandmother character? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a weird experience. And that show didn't, did they ever, was there ever even a, a pilot? or did it Yeah, they shot get- it. I never saw it. I have no idea how it came out. I was in it in a small scene, but uh, I never saw it. I think he should probably keep making rap. He's really good at that. <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. We're recording on a Monday instead of our usual Thursday because we were scheduled to record last week, uh, and you had to had to reschedule that because you were, uh, at the time, going to the Bridesmaids premiere. And so we decided, our, or you decided, and I agreed, that our topic would be uh, movie yeah, premieres. Yeah, But you didn't make it to I the I didn't make it. My <laughs> wife, she was late, and it was in Westwood, blah, 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 but we couldn't make it. But uh, premieres are pretty interesting. Have you guys ever been to one? Well... He's been to a couple. I, for a very brief period, worked at the ArcLight. So my experience of premieres is working them and handing out and making tons and tons of popcorn to give away for free on the table and sweeping things up. and Yeah, I love it when you see really rich, famous people going crazy for the free, free popcorn. <laughs> yeah. It's like easy. Um, one of my, my experiences, the two, I worked two premieres. Um, this was the spring of 2007. So uh, it was Premonition with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. And the astronaut farmer with oh. Billy Bob Thornton and Virginia Madsen. Didn't see either one of those. Noted musician and Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> yeah, uh, Arkan. Ar- what's the what are we? What are you guys called? People from Arkansas. Arkansans. Arkansan. Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and I, he and uh, I'm not, now I think Sandra Bullock stayed for all of the premonition premiere. He and Virginia Madsen, Billy Bob Thornton, and Virginia Madsen did the whole red carpet. The whole they were out there the whole time. Came in and sat near the top. I don't know if you. Uh, uh, if listeners are familiar with the Cinerama Dome, but it has exits at the top back. And literally five minutes after the movie started, they were, I, I was out by the concession stand and saw them leave out the door, go out, get in their cars, in their uh, waiting town cars, and they were gone. To go to the next premiere. <laughs> Probably, or to just not to sit some through bluegrass. Astronaut Farmer. I didn't hate Astronaut Farmer. But anyway, that's uh, that's my experience. And Bill Nye, the science guy, was there on the red carpet answering Science questions, I guess, about what a real life astronaut farmer would have to <laughs> would have to be like. It is interesting so far what I've noticed in my involvement in uh, movie premieres, which is to say, got random invitations to them and went. Um, but uh, specifically, I went to the premiere to Take Me Home Tonight, which is. Uh, recent comedy that did not do very well with uh, Topher Grace and various others. And it takes place Anna in the Ferris. 80s. Anna Ferris, yes. Uh, wasted in the film, unfortunately. Um, but uh, 
The film takes place in the 80s uh, for no particular reason, I guess, except to just have a lot of cocaine in it. And, um, and so the people that were invited to the premiere uh, like after party were like 80s icons. And it was really, it was really interesting. How much cocaine was there at the after party? So much. It was delightful. <laughs> and do you really think that's how they arrived at setting it in the 80s? They're like, there's just a lot of cocaine in this script, and I don't think audiences are going to buy it unless it takes place. I went to the Pineapple Express oh my. premiere, and it was, first off, that's my favorite Judd movie. I, I love that movie. Yeah. And uh, the premiere was kind of like that in that the tables were made out of weed supposedly <laughs> the, the, just everything was weed and everything was munchies and they just really hit that weed theme hard yet no one was getting high and there was no way you could get high and it was way too uptight of uh, bouncers and shit to get high but uh i guess so you, i mean are you're not uh, you're not in bridesmaids i take it I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> i must sneeze no, I am not in Bridesmaids. But you got the invite. So this is something that happens. I'll let you sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you get a lot of invites? You know, Judd and Adam McKay and stuff, some of my, my friends that are movie makers, I, I get invited to all their premieres. So that's kind of neat. So what's the difference? And I'm sure you've also been to premieres of movies that you are in. Um, what's the difference in attending a premiere between a movie you're in and a movie you're not? Um, like, I would much rather not be in it, because, <laughs> I mean, ultimately I'd like to be in it, but their premiere is so stressful, especially for someone like me, who's nobody, like in, um, excuse me, in Walk Hard, the biggest movie I've done that, you know, I, I had a decent role in, we were walking down the red carpet, uh, Chris Parnell, Tim Meadows, and I, mm-hmm. And it was the most humiliating five minutes of my life because mm. it was like, Chris, 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 Tim, Tim, Tim. Because, you know, all the photographers are yelling for mm. you to look in their direction. So the three of us are going down, Tim, Chris, Tim, Chris, Tim. <laughs> and I'm just in the middle of these two guys feeling like the dumbest asshole around. <laughs> I mean, my, is that, I mean, it's, it's, I get, my theory is that they've been on, they were on Saturday Night Live. Sure. Um, and, this question actually is more interviewee than about uh, movie premieres. Um, you know, because like Amy Poehler was on Saturday Night Live. Um, is that something that you ever wanted to explore, the idea of, of pursuing that? Or did you did it just not a- appeal to you very much? Well, I guess the whole idea of UCB was to make her own thing. You mm-hmm. know, I always... Uh, my biggest influence So you were calling probably, Amy Poehler a traitor right um, here. <laughs> well, we did UCB first, so oh, there you know. We go. <laughs> um, I like the kids in the hall. I always admired like when mm. they just came out of nowhere. They did their own thing. They got their show in the air. Of course, they <laughs> did it with Lauren, but yeah. and they kind of went through SNL in a way. But that's what we wanted to do, and that's what we, mm-hmm. we had always talked about, and kind of made a pact that we're not going to go to SNL. We're going to try to do our own thing. So mm-hmm. we did. Um, and of course she did both, but, uh, mm-hmm. I would have done both if people were at the same level of excitement about me <laughs> that they did about Amy. Um, but, uh, you know, well, I enjoyed you in, uh, in walk hard and I remember you, ve- you know what? I forgot Chris Parnell was in it. 
There you go. That's for you. I played my guitar better than he played his bass, <laughs> and I will call him out on that right now. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting um, being at the... Uh, I, I'm going to mention more about the Take Me Home Tonight premiere because that's when I went to more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just walking around, and I really liked how much money they sunk into the the party because everything it was very 80s themed like they had like makeover stations where you could have like stuff put in your hair and and give you like an 80s makeover like very 80s makeup and my my wife kind of wanted to do it and then it's, then she didn't want to stand in line and um i'm just gonna stand up because all right it'll be better for me okay not fair that enough. your listening audience will know <laughs> it's, it's all right um, i think they can hear in the timber of your voice <laughs> but uh and so my but it was also interesting just to see how many how many other like okay there's a guy named Jesse Spencer who's in the show House mm-hmm. and he was there he had nothing to do with the film and he's not an 80s person uh unlike uh Anthony Michael Hall who was there and and he, I just saw him like standing like by himself and I want like no one he's on a very popular show and no one was talking to him and I felt bad for him <laughs> I know that sounds weird I just they're intimidating they don't want to bother him yeah, I guess so. Maybe I should have gone up and been like, "Hey, you d- I know who you are. <laughs> Would you like a hug?" But at the same time, I was intimidated and didn't want to talk to him. So, huh. I did talk to Anthony Michael Hall though because my uh, wife is a big fan and I enjoy I'm I enjoy him as well. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, did you ever see uh, Six Degrees of Separation with? Uh, Will no, Smith? I didn't. He's in that. It's a non. You know, not a. Not the sort of dweeby or funny roles that he had done in mm-hmm. the 80s. He's, he's a really good sort of uh, rich kid, trust fund, asshole kid. He's, he's really good in that movie. I uh, I saw... Well, when I when I did go talk to him, I, I said kind of the standard thing that I say to people when I have something to compliment that's not a recent thing, which is like, is it... Mo-? I say, hello, I'm my name's Tyler Smith. I'm a big fan. And he says, oh, thank you. And I said, is it more or less insulting for me to compliment something... It's a little older, and he and I'm sure he thought I was going to go something John Hughes. And I said, "I'm a big fan of yours in the film uh, The Pirates of Silicon Valley, in which he played B- uh, Bill Gates." Uh-huh. And he clearly wasn't expecting me to say that, and immediately jumped on it. He goes, "He's like, yeah, that's a lot. Like it, it, we kind of predate the social network, don't we?" <laughs> and I was like, "This seems to be an opinion that you've been holding, and nobody <laughs> seems to have asked you about it. And finally, you have the opportunity." And I said, "Yes, I had thought of that, and that's a very..." Uh, it's a very uh, very similar movies, and he's like, "Yeah, all right. Well, it's nice talking to you, Tyler. Thanks a lot." <laughs> it was it was, a, it was nice. He was a very nice guy. Very, and you know what? I'm going to stand too. This is fun. So, <laughs> I think but, uh, the last time we were all standing and recording was when we were recording with Josh Fadum, our la- last year's summer movie preview. Yeah, and someone was getting arrested right out there on the sidewalk. Oh, that's right. Yes. So we all did the show while looking out the window. And watching someone get arrested. Yes, thank you for pointing out to the guests that I live in a terrible neighborhood. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and so, uh, so have you been t- like? Have you do you have any like uh, quirky or unusual stories from any uh, movie premieres about like? I get, I guess you can't like dish the dirt on celebrities because you're a celebrity and you know these people and you don't want to burn any bridges. Well, I'm hardly a celebrity, but uh, what would it be? Um, well, I, I think you're, we were both very nervous to have you over here. Very so. much so. Uh, we, you, you count as a celebrity in Battleship Attention <laughs> on our glossary. Um, so my wife and her partner, Danielle Schneider's my wife, her partner's uh, Donna Furman, they wrote 
the sequel to uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> so they wrote <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, which is now out on DVD. <laughs> but I went to the premiere of that, and it was so funny because it was all kids, <laughs> little kids, really little kids, mm-hmm. and their parents. And the director <laughs> gave the most uptight speech because <laughs> the mouse hadn't been put in yet. That's like the final phase. Uh. <laughs> and he just kept explaining and apologizing for why the mouths weren't ready yet. And I was like, these kids, all you're doing, like they wouldn't have noticed before. They wouldn't have cared. They'd just been like, I'm hearing the dogs talk and their mouths aren't moving. They wouldn't care. But now all they, all they were whispering, where are the mouths? And like, that's all they wanted. And they're just disappointed. So my advice directors, don't apologize before your movie. Just let the movie begin and speak for itself. I, 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 when I, when I went to the first premiere I went to was fool's gold with uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Kate Hudson. And, uh, in that instance, the director got up beforehand and gave a surprisingly emotional uh, speech about, like, you know, this is the end of a long journey that we. And she's like, "It's fool's cold, man. Like, <laughs> I know, that, like, I know that it's it's your career and and you put time into it and effort into it. I do understand that, but at the end of the day, you do realize that it is. I don't I don't want to denigrate comedy, but it's just a crappy romantic comedy that like is not trying anything new it's not trying to like even the laughs are like everything about it is very lazy and <laughs> but uh, no directors thinking that right i guess not every and you know what every movie is a long journey and that's mm-hmm. the reason why you don't need to bring it up it's like yeah no duh it's a movie <laughs> it's a long journey and stop crying because i got a real job <laughs> the journey's continuing. I drive a bus or I work at a restaurant or whatever. So I don't need to hear about your long journey, buddy. But uh, but you also, to be fair to them, they're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'm just making a piece of crap. That's my job. I get, but I, this I, piece I of crap, hope you guys enjoy it. I didn't really work that hard. Look, I get paid either way, all right? Whatever. Yeah. Just uh, eat it up like you do all our other shit, <laughs> assholes. Yeah, we got some nice product placement coming up. We're <laughs> expecting a $65 million opening weekend. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, but let, uh, I want to talk about just sort of premieres in general and how, like, you know, you see old, you know, scenes in, like, Singing singin in the Rain or just old newsreels, like, premieres were a big thing and the footage from the premiere was used to, se- to sell the movie as it moved across the country and these roadshow type of things. Is the is the movie premiere as a big event kind of antiquated at this point? I think it is. I th- and especially since it's got to be a huge cost. That's know? what I want. Yeah, like, decking out for Take Me Home Tonight, a movie that sat on the shelf for four years and, and decking and, out the party. Uh, and I think opened at like number 10 its weekend <laughs> like it was just a and who are you trying to impress at the premiere so everyone that's involved in the movies there of course uh-huh. they're already on board no i guess it's all for journalists or but where are journalists that dumb that they're like yeah there's caviar at the after party so i'm gonna be nice <laughs> to this movie i don't think they're that stupid Hopefully. yeah i mean and and, and the, the the red carpet i mean does does even 
Entertainment Tonight at this point actually show red carpet footage from movie premieres? I think it depends on the movie. Okay. Like if it's a bit, you know, if it's Thor or, you know, right. something and big. And they do, but do people go home and go, that was a great dress. I want to go see Thor. <laughs> and, you know, I, that I'm not sure about. But, the I, but like you mentioned earlier about, like, journalists, like, being kind of won over by how the, how well they are treated and that sort of thing. And that is, for, like, real film journalists, probably not, but for bloggers admittedly like us you know it's still a neat thing you know it was neat for me to go to the movie premiere and i wound up having a good time that night and when it came time for me to write a review about how utterly forgettable the film is (laughs) like i was reluctant to do so you know just because i remember having such a good night admittedly i still said there's nothing really that great about this movie except some of these performances but you got over that yeah, I got over it, but for some people, so that's, you know, that's it's, it seems like at a t- there there was a time when these pictures and the idea of inviting, you know, having celebrities who aren't even in the movie at a time when there was more of a distance between the American public and movie stars. Mm-hmm. That was just having pictures of you know Gene Kelly at the premiere of some other movie was like, oh, these movie stars like it. I want to be like them and go see it. That doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And as we're as we're reminded weekly. In Us Magazine, the stars are just like us. <laughs> right. There's they, too many of them now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> just like us. There's too many of them now. <laughs> oh, this has taken a horrible turn. <laughs> You're saying we should start... Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like that's the... We just... Everywhere... Everywhere we look, like... It, it even, even shows like Entertainment Weekly or Access Hollywood are becoming themselves antiquated and out of date because Mm -hmm. they at the very least still have something of a positive tone to them like look at these celebrities we like them right and meanwhile tmz is like screw everyone more famous (laughs) than us and that is incredibly popular and so i feel like the glam the glitz and glamour of movie premieres is no longer appealing to most people but now, that's my opinion. Now let's because we want to keep this episode a little short because yeah, you're uh, Matt is agony. dying in front of us right now. <laughs> um, you have a, a movie that's available uh, on DVD. It, it didn't have a big premiere because it had, as I understand, a kind of difficult road to availability. Uh, our first improvised movie is called Wild Girls Gone. Yeah. It was an improvised movie in L.A. I can't remember now. It was like six years ago. But we didn't have location permits and we didn't do... It's SAG, the SAG stuff, right? And so we had this really funny improvised movie, but at the end, no one could buy it because we couldn't, we had no right to film where we filmed, and Mm -hmm. real movie studios don't put up with that kind of stuff. So we just ended up putting it out ourselves on our own DVD without trying to sell it to a distributor. But Freak Dance is something we filmed last year. We just got through editing it. We're trying to get into, uh, Festivals starting this summer, uh, like Fantastic Fest. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have heard of that. We want to get into that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's called Freak Dance. It's a parody of all all dance movies, every <laughs> single dance movie. So including you know, dance movie, the parody of dance movies. You mean dance flick? Dance flick. Dance flick. There we go. <laughs> We were filming that. We were filming our movie when that came out, and I was so upset. I was like, "Oh my god, they're doing a parody, and I'm doing a parody." I went and saw the movie. I was like. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't believe we didn't have one joke in common. And I was so ready to cut jokes from our movie because I didn't want them to, anyone to think that we'd stolen bits. And I was like, we've got to have – how can they do a whole parody and us not have similar bits? 
Not a one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is uh, you got this everything from Saturday night Saturday night fever? Sure, fame, electric boogaloo, lombada, hmm. but then just as much you got served, stomp sure. the yard, save the last dance, all step the up, step up, step up to to the streets. Yeah, is that okay? I still don't know what that's called. It's step up to, to the streets, and then step up three D. Yeah, okay. but our friend Jason always calls it Step Up 2 to the streets, Yes, which I think is funny. <laughs> step uh, Up to the streets. It's Did a, you guys see 3D? No. no. I, you know what, though? I had not seen Step Up or Step Up to the streets, um, but uh, I kind of wanted to see Step Up 3D because it looked like it'd be a good use of 3D. But that's probably, I didn't see it. It, it, There were some. (laughs) I do like the step ups a little bit. There are some, in particular, I think in two, some really good dance scenes, but uh, in at least one really good one. They're all worth looking at just for the really great choreography. Mm -hmm. There's so few dance movies that have a good plot to go along with the good, Uh the good dancing. You know, even Black Swan falls into a lot of the same (laughs) tropes. Like, to me, the funniest trope of dance movies is that there always has to be an evil dancer. It's like you can't just be. (laughs) Yeah. I think most dancers are just kind of competing with themselves, really. You know, you're trying to be your personal best, right? But in dance movies, there always has to be evil. It's, it's, It's not just the other team. It's we're the good team and they're the bad team. Well, I think when Freak Dance is on the festival circuit, maybe coming out, we should have you back in a non-cat location yeah. and do an episode just about dance movies. Definitely. I think that would be a lot of fun. Then I'd have to watch some dance movies, though, is the problem. <laughs> You've seen Saturday Night Fever? No, I haven't. You should, uh, you oh, should see come it. on. I know. That's one of the best movies ever. I know. I was actually earlier watching uh, Gene Siskel talk about uh, Staying Alive, yeah. and uh, which he's not a fan of. Well, that's the sequel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he uh, and Saturday Night Fever is his favorite movie of, of all time, I believe. Hmm. But um, Or was. He's not alive anymore. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, here's the great thing about Freak Dance. Here's what I'm excited about. It's going to make uh, records, uh, you know, it's going to break records because you're going to be appealing to people who watch dance movies now mm-hmm. and dance movies of the 80s. You got something for everybody. Thank you. Let's put that <laughs> on the sleeve of the DVD. Because that's all demographics. Because right. <laughs> your statement there presupposes that everyone likes dance movies, just not the same dance movies. Exactly. And this we one know, will rope them all in. There's something about, there's a few movies, Flash Dance. Dirty Dancing, Footloose. You go to any video store and you say, "What's what, list your five most popular <laughs> movies. It's a good chance those three <laughs> movies are going to be in the list. Are they, Women love to watch dance movies over and over again. Yeah. Uh, my When it came to... Because I used to have a lot of VHS and now I have a lot of DVD. And, and you know, you go. I, I would go through my VHS and say, "Okay, what do I actually want to make the switch?" You know, some of them don't didn't make the transition, and uh, and then I looked at we looked at my wife's uh, movies, and she's like, "Well, we got to get center stage." I mean, there's no question <laughs> we have to get that. Why? That's a good one. I like that's that one. one of the few good. <laughs> I saw that in the theater, <laughs> and I and again, I've I've seen did, parts of it. Did you? Uh, as I, she watches it. I'm gonna save this one. We actually, I actually am gonna try and have you back to do okay. dance movies, but I. Uh, did you watch a lot of dance movies? I, I take it you'd have to. You can't name a dance movie. Did you see Dirty Dancing Havana Nights? Yes, I did. <laughs> that one is crazy because 
it <laughs> takes place before Dirty Dancing. It came out Ugh. almost 20 years after da- Dirty Dancing. But Patrick Swayze is in it. He has a cameo in Havana Nights, presumably as the same character. I don't think they ever call him by name. But he is like a, tr- a guy who travels around and teaches women, like older women, how to dance. Hmm. I so guess I got to see like, both of these movies He's all now. like leathery and <laughs> aged, but he's supposed to be... Whatever. Yeah, in my in our movie, every scene has at least one shout out to some classic. So mm-hmm. if you if you know dance movies, you should be able to recognize. Oh, that's from Fame. Oh, that's now. Let me ask you this: Do you have uh, now this? Uh, do you have anything from Singing in the Rain? Yeah, you know, Singing to... in the Rain was a parody itself. Do you know that? Hmm. Singing in the that. Rain was kind of a parody of th- the musicals that were so popular at the time. Hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's sort of. Uh, Almost satirical, actually. I think mm-hmm. that it uh, it sort of recounts actual events that transition from from silent movies into sound, mm-hmm. but in an exaggerated and very funny way. Mm-hmm. One of my all time favorite movies. But us watching it, you don't get that because you're like, oh, they're just doing it, and you're like, right. oh no, they're actually making fun of it. Yeah. So in a way, we're kind of like singing in the rain. I think on that note. We should start wrapping up. Right, right. I feel awful for what we've done. That's okay. That and we've never killed a guest for sniffing. Before. I hope you guys edit out some of my grosser sniffs. I know it's annoying to listen to someone clear <laughs> their throat or sniff. I really apologize. Don't hate me for my uh, you've been you've been pretty good about of cats. You've been yeah. pretty good about uh, sniffing off Mike. Uh, when David has allergies, he's not quite as good. Uh, so it's fine. Listeners blame it all on me for not uh, inquiring beforehand <laughs> about the uh, cat allergy situation, but. Okay, you can find uh, me and Tyler, of course, here at BattleshipPretension.com and iTunes. Uh, email us, David, at BattleshipPretension.com, Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. I'm on Twitter at The Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at More Lessons, with the, which is uh, tied to his other podcast, More Than One Lesson. And my other podcast is Previously On, which is at PreviouslyOnShow.com. So, Matt, where can people uh, find you and find your work? Um, well, at Matt Bester, MattBester.com, and also at Freak Dance Movie. I do uh, a dance movie quote... Uh, Almost every day. Awesome. Something from Lombard is on today. Or <laughs> was on three days ago when you listened to this. Um, and then uh, do, you, do you have like an official... You might have mentioned it already and I don't recall. Uh, do you have an official uh, release date for Freak Dance yet? No, we just finished it and we're trying okay. to get into a festival. So Okay, that's right. Yes, first yes. step will be uh, premiering it at a festival, okay. hopefully. And who are some of the... Because uh, I want to I play it up. Who are some of the people that appear in the film? That you would know, Amy mm-hmm. Poehler, Tim Meadows, Horatio Sands, all the UCB are in it, and oh, that's going to be a tough premiere for you to go to. What's that? <laughs> it's gonna, everyone's going to be shouting Horatio, Tim, Amy. Oh, you see? I'm, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah, what am I doing? Inviting Tim again. <laughs> um, he ruins my premieres. But, uh, but the main cast is the cast we, we had on the stage, and mm-hmm. you might not know them, but they're, they're so perfect for their roles that they, they do a really good job. All I right. think we might know some of them. I mean, we know we've had some uh, – Sean Conroy from the ASCAT uh, has been uh-huh. uh, on this show a couple times. So I think, yeah, some of our listeners uh, would definitely know know these people. Well, I myself am very excited to see it. And yes, that means that I will actually have to watch some of these dance movies in order to get any of the jokes, it sounds <laughs> like. But – I'm willing to do it. So You'll get it. Right. We, we uh, have a big Warriors kind of parody, too. I'm sure you've seen the Warriors. Oh, oddly enough, I have not. Oh. What? I know. Oh, come on. I just now came around. As watched, a movie guy, you got to watch that. I, oh, I want to see it. I, it's, uh, you know, I don't That's see as many DVD movies as I used too. to. I got that DVD. It's good. That right, maybe wh- you can lend it to me. That was one of the... Uh, I don't lend DVDs. <laughs> oh, fair enough. The Warriors was one of the movies, like, along with Die Hard, that my 
my dad loved and showed me when I was very young and prefaced with, don't tell your mom I let you watch this. Uh, so, yeah, Warriors is dear to my heart. I love those prefaces. I got that with the uh, Kentucky Fried movie when my dad forgot there were breasts in it and I was way too young. But, uh, all well, right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Matt, for being here and suffering through this. Absolutely. Um, we Thanks, will guys. Change I hate cats, but I love you guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.